Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God the Holy Spirit has caused the text that we consider this morning during the second week of Lent to have been recorded for us in the Gospel according to St. Luke chapter 21, and we hear these words in Jesus' name. And Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury, and he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two mites, two copper coins. So he said, Truly I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all, for all these out of their abundance have put in offerings for God. But she, out of her poverty, put in all the livelihood that she had. So far the text, and we pray. These are your words. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, do you give your all on the stage, on the field, on the court, in the classroom? I had a theater teacher in high school who once said that when you're all done with the play, it should feel as if you've left it all on stage. Yes, if you're truly dedicated to something, if you have a passion for something, then you'll give it your all. That is, you'll sacrifice your time and your resources and your effort to excel at that particular thing. And if we do sacrifice our time and resources and efforts on something, well, then we could say that that is something that we love. There are things to love and people to love in this life. And the first commandment reminds us that the one we are to love the most above all other things and people is God. We are to love God first and foremost in our lives. The poor widow in our text, she loved God. She gave her all. She loved him and trusted him with her whole heart. She knew she was a sinner. She did not presume to come before God as one deserving of merit or recognition or reward for the gift that she offered. No, instead in faith she humbly came before God confident that the God to whom she was giving her offering was the God of love, the one who forgives all sins, the one who gives us, his human creatures, our life in this world to begin with and the one who promises us repentant believers all the riches of heaven in the next life. So forgiving, so great, and so gracious is our God to us. This widow, this woman of faith, knew this and believed in this. She knew that even though she was a sinner, that God's grace and mercy to her were great indeed. And you know, she totally could have chosen to have been a bitter old lady. I mean, after all, what did she have left in the world? Her husband had been taken from her. Who knows if she had any children to care for her? It would certainly seem like she didn't. She obviously didn't have much money. She didn't have any 401ks to dip into or social security checks coming in the mail. She didn't really have anything but she had her God who loved her, and that was all she needed. 
And so she did not fear giving her offering, her giving her all to God who loved her because she knew that even though it was a little, that her loving God, her father, would care for her and provide her with her daily bread. She trusted him by giving an offering to him even though it was contrary to all human logic to do so. She trusted that her future was safe and secure in God the Father's hands. Father, take it all, she said. Have my life, my two copper mites, and all. She entrusted all things to the Father in heaven who loved her. Jesus contrasts this saintly woman of faith with the rich people who put their big Benjamin Franklins into the offering box. Jesus doesn't condemn them for their wealth. Being wealthy is, you know, not a sin in and of itself. Yet Jesus points out that in their abundance, what they offer to God here is no great sacrifice. They have plenty to spare. There is no reason uh, for us to believe that, you know, these rich people didn't have faith in God, but they certainly did not love God as the widow loves God. They do not have as strong a faith as she does, nor could they ever possibly hope to understand what it's like to totally depend upon God like she does. The widow knew how much God loved her, and she loved him in return. She gave God her all in faith. She left it all in the offering box before the altar. Now, of course, she wasn't perfect in this. Not a one of us can perfectly love God with all of our heart, soul, and strength like the commandment requires of us. We are all of us sinners. And yet we see here in this widow a good example for us to emulate. We are called to give our all to God in life. Whatever we have, God is the one who's given it to us in the first place. So rather than hoarding the treasures and talents that he's given to us, We are called to share them with others and to put them to good use. By giving offerings in church as we are able, even as this widow did, we support the work of Christ's church, the spreading of the saving gospel message of Jesus everywhere. And we are to offer back to God all of our talents and abilities and strengths too so that they might be of good service to him and to the people around us. We ought to excel at the talents that God has given to us. You know, whatever you are, be a good one. If you're an artist, then create beautiful things that celebrate God's creation and edify those around you. If you're skilled at helping people, well, then work and study to be the best counselor, nurse, teacher, or pastor that you can be. If you're an athlete, use your body and your skills to glorify God. If you're a musician, then make music like the angels of heaven. If you're a scientist, then make discoveries and technologies that benefit us all so that we might have a better life. And like the widow, offer it all to God. Leave it all on God's altar. Offer your whole life to him and all that you do. As St. Paul declares, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And as we do this, dear friends, we're called to trust in God, our Heavenly Father, who promises to help us in all of these endeavors in life. Even as the widow trusted God to provide for her needs, so we can trust God, our Heavenly Father, that he will help us each day. He will be with us to bless us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. He will not abandon us, which is good, 
Because left to our own devices, we would, each of us, always fail at everything. We are sinners. We can't do anything without God. Even the good things that we do to God's glory and for the benefit of others are still ultimately God's work in us. We can trust then that as we live out our lives in faith, God will do his work in us and through us in this world, dear friends. And how can we trust that God will always help us and provide for us and work in us and through us, even as the widow did? God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus' death on the cross is proof of God's love for us, dear friends. Jesus, God's son, our human brother, gave his all, his life for us so that we might live. His passion was to save us. He loved us. He perfectly gave his all for us so that we might be saved and blessed eternally. With blood and sweat and tears on the cross, Jesus died for you and me so that we might be forgiven and reconciled to God our Father. Jesus stretched out his arms on the cross and embraced our whole fallen world in love. Jesus perfectly trusted God, his heavenly Father. Through it all, he entrusted himself. He handed over his very life to God so that we might be forgiven for all of the times when we've not entrusted all things to God like we should. On the cross, which is the ultimate altar of offering and sacrifice, Jesus perfectly loved God and all of us, his human brothers and sisters, as he was pierced with nails for us. He prayed for us, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And so we are forgiven. The perfect offering which Jesus offered up to God as our human brother and high priest was greater than all other offerings, greater than all the gold and the silver in the world combined. For he shed his holy, precious blood so that you and I might be forgiven for all the times when we've not given our all to God and for others. And so we are forgiven and have life in him. And out of thanks to him, we can, as Luther says in the Catechism, love and trust in him and willingly obey his commandments. All glory be to Jesus, the one who gave his all for us, the one who offered up the perfect offering on the cross for us, so that we poor sinners might be forgiven and live with God forever in his heavenly kingdom. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. And please rise as we pray. O God, you see that of ourselves we have no strength. Keep us both outwardly and inwardly, that we may be defended from all adversities which may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts which may assault and hurt the soul. We ask this through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We sing the hymn.
Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the comfort of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. You may be seated. I do want to say hello to all of you uh, just really briefly this morning. Um, I'm Pastor Andrew Soule. It's a pleasure to be with all of you. Uh, I serve our ELS congregation, Mount Olive Lutheran, which is just down the street over here, um, within walking distance. So just wanted to say you're always all welcome to join us uh, for church on Sunday mornings, 8.30, 10.45, um, and to reach out to us pastors at Mount Olive if there's anything you need um, in your time here at Bethany. So we're very happy to have you on campus and to be a part of our Mankato community. So. Um, I'll put some business cards in back, and um, if any of you are interested in making Mount Olive your home church away from home, um, I know many of you do come regularly, um, uh, you're, you're welcome to join us. So, thank you all, and blessings on your studies.